Welcome to Book Wasted. We drink, we review, we rebel. That's Krista. And that's Jessica. And today we are back on track with a new, another mini episode um, featuring true crime following our review of The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. So excited to be here today. I'm so excited so to be excited here. So excited to be here today. How's your uh, how's your icy? It's delicious. This is a what? lovely cherry icy. Just straight cherry? Just straight cherry. I'm not crazy about the mixing flavors. I know you like the mixed yeah. flavors. Yeah, I do like the mixed um, flavors. How's your mimosa? It looks delicious. Ah, it's good. I really needed some juice mm-hmm. this morning. So nothing, no crazy drinks on this episode. We're she just says drinking this mimosa. morning. It's oh, 6 shit. o'clock in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> this morning. Uh-huh. Anyways, my new well, lifestyle's rough. Your mimosa looks refreshing and delicious. Okay, yeah, I'm well, happy for you. You want to smell it? Like, are no, you allowed to smell it? I have been like obsessively huffing anybody's Red Bull that they open around me, but yeah. I'm not missing. Well, I was saying I'm not missing alcohol, but I keep dreaming about alcohol, which is really strange. That's strange. You're not even like you're not even like the biggest drinker yeah i'm like a social drinker like if we go out and drink yeah. or like if we're sitting together and we're recording then i'll drink but like yeah. well, i'm a social drinker too like i yeah. don't drink at home my problem is that i'm social you're just always out you're always <laughs> being social i'm always social <laughs> like normally like monday tuesday wednesday like no drinking whatsoever yeah. and then what happens though is i go so ham <laughs> thursday friday saturday yeah. sunday and then by monday you're like Fuck my life. Fuck my life. And then, like, apparently I think that maybe, like, a shot of, like, wheatgrass and, like, a sheet mask will it's repair. It's going to repair all three, four days worth of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know what I don't need, though? Water. But I do I was going to say, as long as you're hydrating, I think you should be okay. But I know you, and I know you're not hydrating. No. I want you to be hydrating. Okay. I'll work on that. Okay. I'll stay hydrated. Are you... What... <laughs> If you're hearing some weird interference, because Inanna just rubbed her face on my microphone. You know, like cats do with their cheeks. She's she so just weird. did that to my microphone. She's just the craziest of cats. She is. Okay. So, um, we already said this episode is following yeah. Girl on the Train. Yeah. Do you want to tell me your story first, or do you want me to go first? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. <clears throat> I'm very excited. You are? I love true crime. You know me. Oh, I know this has been kind of interesting, like, you know, looking these up like following like you know like our thriller like murder things because i'm like wow there's like this is like fucking real shit yeah and it's fucking shit it's disgusting right it's like the way people behave and like you know we read all we read is fiction right like we're not reading like you know non-fiction so you're like oh somebody came up with this like no like this shit happens happens. and it's horrible yes so absolutely i'm about to get into this all right so my story today is the murder of Aaron Corbin. Um, this is the story of an affair to not only be remembered, but also ended in murder. You like how I wrote that out? That was so good. Thanks. I'm enthralled already. Enthralled? <laughs> Such a good word. Ready? Oh my god, are we going to play Scrabble after this? I've never played Scrabble. Yeah, fact. I'm not going to do that either. So. Okay, anyways, <laughs> let's go. On June 22nd, 2014, Aaron Corrin um, married who was married to a Marine, discovered she was pregnant. On June 28th, Erin drove to Joshua Tree National Park to supposedly scout for places to take her mom when she visited. Coincidentally, Christopher Lee, a married Marine, and the neighbor of Erin was also traveling to the park for a hunting trip. Erin did not return that night, as expected, answered none of her texts, and was never seen alive again. 
The police had two suspects. Aaron's husband, John Corn. The pair were childhood sweethearts and they met in fifth grade. Oh my gosh. And Christopher Lee, who had been having an ongoing affair with Aaron that began soon after her first miscarriage. And she withdrew emotion from her husband. Wow. Yeah. John was quickly uh, ruled out as a suspect while the evidence against Chris began to stack up. He was caught lying about the affair, which both spouses and friends knew about because there had been like one huge night where Nicola, Nicole, who was Chris's wife, had found out about the affair and then told John. Wow. Neighbors and affairs. Crazy. Crazy. That's why you don't know your neighbors. No. Right? Don't learn your neighbor's name. Don't exactly. give them a casserole. Don't give them the pie. No. It's fucking fine. Wesley's mom the other day, we have a crib that's at their house. Yeah. And I took my husband's car to uh, visit our parents last weekend. And it's big enough that it could have fit the crib in it. But Wesley was like, how am I going to get it upstairs? Like, it's a big enough box that, and I'm not allowed to carry anything anymore. Yeah, no. Fuck and that so shit. <laughs> Wesley was like, how am I going to get it upstairs? And his mom was like, I don't know, ask your neighbor. Wesley was like, I don't know my fucking neighbors. <laughs> I was like, who knows their neighbors? Who knows their neighbors? No, I don't know thank my fucking you. neighbors. Like, Ugh, it's just so crazy. Because this is what happens. You have yeah. affairs and you kill each other. You kill each other. Just, just <laughs> That's what happens after, you know, knowing your neighbors. Yes, of course. Of Naturally. Course. That's the only option. Naturally. So yes. I won't be baking pies for anybody. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. no okay. pies for you, ma'am. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so anyways, the evidence against Christopher Lee began to stack up because he was lying about the affair. Um, he had an unusual, how do you pronounce that word? Garot. Garot. Garotted. Garot. When you, when you, like, choke somebody like that, yeah. they're garroted. So it's garrot. I guess. Got. 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 Bet. Got garrot. <laughs> I'm only on my first drink. I was going to say, you're barely even halfway through it. You know, I just get high on life sometimes. You do. Yeah. Just the whole vibe. So they found this, you know, thing in his garage car, and he had even done a Google search about how to dispose of a body. Why? Friends and family, do not Google search. At least go to a fucking bookstore. Or a library. Or a library. Where they cannot trace your search history. No, just browse through those stacks and get a book. Stop Google searching. But you know what? Thanks for Google searching, because then that locks that shit in. We know what happens. That's true. I have an embarrassing story today. So I'm, like, talking with this, like, boy, right? And, like, he texted me, W-I-N. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so I had to Google search W-Y-M, which means, like, what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. But I don't know that. It's okay. There are some of them that I don't know. There's so many acronyms out yes. there these days. And I just, why can't you just type out the whole sentence? Why can't you type it out? We have iPhones. They know yeah. what you want to say. Yes. Unless, like, I'm saying, like, ducking lick box. Like, I fucking hate <laughs> fucking hate when it corrects my stuff to ducking. I ducking hate it. It either makes me lose my momentum or just adds fuel to the fire. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, just duck off. Just duck off. Jesus. So while the police were continuing to gather evidence um, for uh, around Chris, they also continued to search for her body. So this whole time, they haven't found her body. Oh my yet. god. Yeah. So, like, the search for her body, like, expands over, like, 1,200 miles. Because, like, wow. um, they knew she had, like, driven to, like, you know, this park because she had told, like, her husband earlier that morning that she was going there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they're searching and searching for her body. And then, like, August, by August 16th, she disappeared in June. Jesus. August 16th, they have to call off the search. 
that they're just like done searching yeah. for their body. What ends up happening is that one um, volunteer like walked past like a like a gap like a, like a shaft, mm-hmm. um, and like noticed a really strong smell coming out of it. Oh my god! And that's when they discovered her body. Ugh. She had been choked to death, um, and her body was thrown down a hundred and forty foot mine shaft. Wow. So, Christopher was quickly arrested yes. based on, like, you know, evidence that they found. And then, um, of course, you know, based off of the fact that, you know, he was having an affair. Yeah. However, get this shit. So, Christopher and his attorneys, I suppose, come up with this story uh, saying that the reason why he killed Aaron was because he suspected Aaron of molesting his six-year-old daughter. Because Aaron used to babysit their six-year-old daughter all the time. Oh, my God. Right? So, they're kind of pulling in the whole, like, girl on the train yeah. thing a little bit there. Um, he said that his wife had found, you know, his daughter's, like, you know, crotch area to be, like, you know, red and, you know, like, you know, irritated. And then Nicole, who knew about the affair, like, was kind of allegedly saying maybe Aaron is, like, doing something, like, molesting her. So, apparently, according to Chris, like, he just got super angry and then, like, you know, asked to meet with her that night and then... It's just like, you know, determine like, you know, if like Aaron said, yeah, like was molesting her. So Chris says that when he asked, Aaron said, yes, I, and then he, you know, lost his shit and then choked her. However, yeah, juries came to the conclusion. So he was convicted for, um, first degree. Yeah. Um, premeditated murder because of, of course he brought like, you know, tools, tools to and kill Google her. things and Google things. Yeah. And their deliberation only took 15 minutes. Oh my god. Holy shit. And still in prison today. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that one before. That was a good one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, this was kind of fun. Yeah. Like, I wrote my notes down, but I had, like, read, like, the whole story. So, yeah. Um, I, was like, I was like, oh, I got this. Shit. Yes. So, mine is a little bit similar to that. I coincidentally started listening to a podcast called The Teacher's Pet which is an older podcast that came out in 2018, but I had heard lots of things about it, and I was just looking for a new podcast. What? It just baffles me that it's 2021. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I'm like, I'm almost 30. Uh, the 90s weren't 10 years ago. Are you sure? Are we sure? Oh. Yeah. So um, it is a couple years old, and um, it's an Australian-based podcast. So this is about the disappearance of Lynette Dawson. Okay. Okay. So um, Chris and Lynette Dawson met in high school in Sydney uh, in Australia in 1965. Um, This also, heads up, is an unsolved case. So just in case anybody's, like, looking for a, a get a, you know, an ending at the end, there's not one. There's not one. No. Disappointing. It is. Um, So they were married long, not long after. Okay. So let me, I'm sorry. My brain is all over the place. So I started listening to this podcast completely unaware of what the podcast was about. Like, I knew it was a true crime podcast. Yeah. I had no idea it was about similar to what we had just read in The Girl on the Train. So I was trying to think of things to talk about in this episode. And I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about this podcast, which I'm not finished listening to yet. I still have, like, four episodes left. Oh, shit. But they're hour-long episodes, so it takes a really long time. Oh, nice. Okay. So, Chris and Lynette met in Sydney in high school, and they got married not too long afterwards in 1970. And they're both, like, the typical pretty couple. Like, you know, just very gorgeous. Um, They struggled for a while to conceive, and they started pursuing an adoption. And during that process, they found out they were pregnant with their first daughter. And then two years later, they had another daughter. 
and they built this beautiful grand house in a neighborhood called Bayview, and they lived down the street from Paul's twin, or from Chris's twin brother, Paul. And, like, the podcast that I listened to talked about how creepily connected these two twins were. You know, like, twins are connected, but, like, it was even on a bigger, yeah, Yeah. weird thing. So, uh, at the time that everything is about to go down, Lynette is working part-time at a daycare, and Chris works as a high school teacher, and I'm going to use the term that they use in the podcast and in all the articles that I read, a rugby league footballer, which I take to mean that he's, like, a local sports star. I guess so. I guess so. That's what I took Do to mean. Do you know what is rugby? It's a, t- it's a football game. Oh, okay. So, but footballer leads me to leave soccer. Right. It's but rugby is a different game than soccer. So, I, like I said, I just have been under the impression that it makes him, like, a local, yeah. like, sports star kind of thing. Local sports star. Yes. All, like, you know, the wise are probably, like, you know, drooling over Yeah. All-American or all-Australian. Yeah. All-Australian. <laughs> um, kind of guy. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, okay. I've got, I've got, the, got picture the picture in my head. Okay. Daycare, high school teacher. Yes. All right. So, we're, we're building the perfect we're suburban couple. Here. Yes. Got exactly. It. So, I'm not specifically sure when this instance started but there seems to be a culture at the school that he taught at that the students and the teachers have relationships what like the it's just fuck? it's just known it's just a thing um, they have casual hookups just in general inappropriate behavior like there's a bar that they all frequent and the teachers would go there and buy the students drinks it's real bad i don't know i mean i know americans are prudes like i know we're prudish so and you have to think this happens in the 80s this is taking place in 1982, right. or 1980, and so on. 80s were crazy. 80s were crazy. Cocaine, um, flow, affairs with students. Yes. Got it. So, and even in the podcast, the the guy's name is Headley Thomas, who conducts all the episodes. Um, and he, inter- I mean, I'm just going to give a brief summary of it. He goes into so many details. He talks to so many of these former students and friends and everything. Um, and it's... Everybody that he's talked to now is like, this wouldn't happen today. This would not be allowed to happen today. Yeah, it's the 80s. But because it was the 80s, obviously things were different. So anyways, um, Chris Dawson is one of those teachers who is known to be a part of this culture of students and inappropriate behavior. And he began dating a 16-year-old student of his, and her name is uh, Joanne Curtis, in 1980. He often called Joanne in to babysit for for his girls. He would use these babysitting excuses to have sex with her uh, and so that she could spend the night in the house and have sex with her. And uh, this all happened while the wife was sleeping, Lynette, um, and usually it would take place after Chris had made her a drink. In October of 1981, Joanne moved into the house because her she was having problems in her um, family home. So obviously, Chris and Lynn's marriage is not going great, and she didn't, but she didn't come to... But she did not become suspicious that something might be going on with Chris and Joanne until several months later when she found Joanne sitting on Chris's lap. And there are also stories where, like, Joanne would be swimming in the pool, like, topless, with Chris not far off. So towards the the end of 1981, Joanne says that after school one day, Chris drove them to a pub on the other side of the harbor and told her to wait in the car. After a while, he returned and said something about he had gone in to hire a hitman to kill Lynn but didn't because he didn't want anyone innocent to get hurt in the process. He supposedly went and tried to hire a hitman, but didn't. 
Uh, in December of 1981, Chris and Joanne packed up their belongings and drove to Queensland, which I understand is several hours away from where they were, um, to start their new lives. They even had, a, like, a deposit put down on a new apartment. However, you know, several hours into this drive, Joanne got cold feet, and she wanted to turn around because she was afraid she would miss her sisters. Um, and Chris had left a note that he needed some time away. And this is, like, right around Christmas time of that year. <clears throat> so on January 8th, 1982, Chris and Lynn went to an appointment with a marriage counselor and allegedly Chris got violent with her in the elevator and placed his arm like over her neck and told her that if this doesn't work, I'm going to get rid of you. Oh my God. That's the quote. <clears throat> so however, they were seen leaving hand in hand. Lynn spoke uh, very optimistically about what happened in the meeting. She said that she thought things were turning around for them. That evening, her mom called, and Chris seemed reluctant to let her speak to Lynn on the phone. And finally, after she pushed, she did. And uh, her, her her mother's name is Helena. And she said that her daughter sounded half sozzle, which I just feel like means drunk. Yeah. You know, or, or, you know. Right, you know, like not, Australian lingo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and she, Lynn had told her mother that Chris had made her a, quote, lovely drink. Don't stop it. On January 9th, Chris says that Lynn woke up early, made the kids breakfast, and got their things ready for the day at the baths, which I assume means swimming pool, uh, and asked him to drop her off at the bus station so that she could go into town to return some items and that she'd meet them there later. Um, And Lynn doesn't drive. She doesn't have a driver's license. She either gets rides from her husband or his brother, or she takes the bus. Um... So she never showed up at the baths, and her mom was starting to get a little bit suspicious because she was there too. And um, Chris got a call there, and of course this is the 80s, so he got a call at the office of the swimming pool (laughs) and said that it was Lynn and that she was calling to say that she needed some time away now. Chris had had some time away, now she needs some. So on January 10th or 11th, it's not really specific, while Joanne was away, this is Joanne as the teenager, Um, is away with some friends on a camping trip. She says that Chris called her and said, Lynn's gone. She's not coming back. I need you now. Come and live with me and the girls at Bayview. And so Joanne came back, and she moved into the house as Chris's de facto wife. Two days after the wife has left. So Chris says that they received several phone calls from Lynn over the course of the rest of January. However, no one else spoke to her. Chris is the only one who ever spoke to her. Uh, She didn't reach out to anybody else in her family. She didn't call her mother. She never came to see her children. She didn't ask to see her children that she worked so hard to have. And he didn't officially report her missing until February. So six weeks after she went missing is when he reported her missing. Yes. Uh, In 1983, Chris sought an an official divorce from Lynn and was successful by the end of the year. Wait. Wait, no one's suspicious about where the fuck she is? We're getting there. Okay, okay, sorry. Yes, because this has information up until earlier this year. Oh my god. Yeah, a little bit, not a lot. In 1984, Chris and Joanne got married in a ceremony that they had at their house, the same house that the the previous wife used to live in. Uh Uh-uh. And Joanne was reportedly wearing Lynn's engagement ring. (gasps) Because she didn't take anything. I don't think I said that. She didn't take any clothes. She left her engagement ring. I think they said she still had her wedding band. She didn't take any money. She didn't say goodbye to anybody. She didn't leave a note. 
You don't leave an engagement ring and take a wedding band. You would leave all of it. Yeah. So. Not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, like, she had some cash. She didn't take any of that. Yes. Okay. Um. So, in 1991, Chris and Joanne got divorced. They have one child together. Excuse me. Uh, Joanne made a statement. <sighs> Excuse me. Detailing some of the things that she had seen before Lynn disappeared. And Chris claimed that she was saying those things to get a better outcome in the divorce and custody battle. Um, so we're going to jump up. We're going to start jumping pretty quickly here. In okay. 2000, 2000, the police finally began acting like this might not be a case of a runaway wife. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Uh, during her statement to the police, Joanne suggested that Lynn may be buried near the pool in the backyard. So the police began looking there first. They used some state-of-the-art radar imaging, um, like sonic imaging. They shot, like, a bullet into the ground, and it was, like, kind of in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> they didn't find anything, um, except they started, like, physically digging, and they found a cardigan uh, that one of Lynn's friends said was her favorite. And the cardigan appeared to have been slashed with a knife many times. I think they said, like, 16 times. But there's no DNA evidence found on the cardigan. Right. So it could have been just cut up. It could have been. Yeah. Um, the last episode in the podcast that I listened to, they had a DNA specialist on, someone who deals with this kind of stuff, and she said that the testing that was available then is not the testing that's available now. So obviously they, they could conduct a more thorough testing now if they were able to. I don't know that they are. Um, but just in 2000, you know, we were still kind of learning those kinds of things. Yeah, so. of course. Um, in 2001, a coronial inquest concluded that she was murdered by someone she knew. That's what a coroner said. Um, however, the director of public prosecutions did not act on this recommendation because he felt like there wasn't enough evidence. Another coronial inquest was conducted in 2003, this time by a different coroner, came to the same conclusion and recommended that charges be filed against Chris. However, the same director of public prosecutions denied it for the same reasons. Shady. Very shady. Who's the director of prosecutions? Is it his twin brother? But oh. We're going to talk about it in a oh, second. Okay. I'm going to get through my notes and then I'm going to add a little, little bit. So in 2015, the case was reopened by the unsolved, unsolved homicide department. So this is where a lot of, um, like, in, like um, digging comes into place. Because not much has been done up until this point. In 2018, the podcast The Teacher's Pet started beginning to um, get renewed attention onto the case. In September, they dug up the property at Bayview, dug it all up. Um, they didn't find any evidence that Lynn was buried there. In December of 2018, Chris Dawson, who is now in his 70s, was arrested for the disappearance of his then-wife, Lynette. Um, he's been out on bail since then. The court determined that the publicity around the case was too much to allow for a fair trial, and the trial will not begin until June of 2021. So that's it. Oh, cool. Yes. Cool. So essentially cool. this uh, super popular local celebrity who has friends in the police department. Yeah, I bet. Um, wants to be with his 16-year-old mistress and his wife just suddenly vanishes. I cannot. Yeah, and like nobody's. Here's my question, though. Like, what about Lynette's mom, Helena? Mm-hmm. Like, so a lot of a lot of what happened was they assumed that the police were doing something. 
That makes sense because you assume that they're doing their job. You do. That they are actually concerned about. Yes. And again, it's the 80s. Like, there's not, it's not the same as it is today where you get updates all the time. It's the 80s. I mean, you still have landlines, you still have pagers, you know, things like that. Like, a lot of stuff happened through the mail. Um, She had several friends who went and, like, they have a, they have a department, I think they called it, like, the ombudsman or something like that. Okay. Where they're, like, an independent party who looks at um, the way police conduct business. And so someone filed a complaint with that department, and they didn't find anything wrong with the way the police conducted this investigation. Which is bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah. Um, her mom had a very detailed diary entries. She would, um, like, at one point, Chris had surgery and was in the hospital and told Lynn, don't bother coming up to visit me. Like, I'm only here for a day kind of thing. But his her mom went to visit and found Joanne in the bed with him at the hospital. So it's, like, little things like that, you know? Like, there's nothing that outright says he did it. Yeah. But there's all these weird coincidences, all of these things that come up. And they had a babysitter before Joanne would come in, and she said she saw him, like, hit her with a towel. You know, like, how you can do that jokingly. But yeah, he, he smacked the ass with a towel. But he wasn't doing it jokingly. Like, yeah. You know, like, so there's all these little things that point to foul play, but there's no body. There's never been a body found. The only thing that's ever been found is that cardigan. No weapon, no blood, nothing. So, oh January my God, 8, 1992. It's the last time anybody heard from her. And she sounded drunk. How crazy is that? I thought that fit our, our story very well. It did, because the whole, like, oh, Chris made me a lovely drink. Like, I'm kind of yes. thinking, like, you are already, you are already alluding to the fact, like, are you just, like, bottle feeding like your wife like alcohol are you adding stuff to this alcohol yeah. so you can go and get it on with your mistress while she's yes. passed out upstairs you and can't hear shit and reportedly she was not a heavy drinker like she she would drink oh occasionally God. when chris would make her a drink <sighs> krista yeah. this is you're right this is upsetting it's upsetting upset. because there's no definitive end i hate unsolved cases but it was just like like i said i started listening to it Some coincidentally it's missing. it's missing yes there's so much shit that she's And he's, missing. like, friends with police officers and oh, stuff like he that. Is. He's, like, that local man about town who, like, you know, everybody wants to be, like, you know, your friend and yeah. shit. He got his boys in the department. Mm-hmm. Fuck Chris. Yes. So I highly recommend listening to The Teacher's Pet because okay. it is super in-depth. Um, like I said, he does a lot of interviews with, like, former students uh, of Chris's, former classmates of Joanne's, um, her family things like that, her daughter. Well, I'm glad that he's doing this because, you know, it's bringing, you know, this case attention that it de- fucking desperately needed. Absolutely. Because, like, Absolutely. poor Lynette has just been brushed aside. Mm-hmm. And she really has. And they even talk about that a little bit in the podcast. Like, at the time, there was another, like, serial murderer going on in that area of Australia. And so that got a ton of publicity, and Lynette hardly got any. You know, so it's like, if there had been more publicity during the time that she had gone. And they didn't treat this as a missing person for a very long time. Six weeks. For several years. They just thought she was a runaway wife. They were like, okay, she just got tired of being a wife and she left. But she left with no clothes, no money. She didn't have a driver's license. She couldn't get herself anywhere that she couldn't go on public transportation. She had previously been a nurse. So, like, she doesn't... 
She never renewed her nurse's certifications. She never got a job. Like, like gone. Just off vanished. Off, off the grid, totally. Wow. So. She did. She did. Not to be rude, but. No, yeah. And that's a lot of her, like, family thinks she's dead. Her parents have, have died at this point. Um, but, like, her daughter, her oldest daughter is in her 30s, I think they said. And um, she feels like she's dead. You know, she's like, you know, I don't think that she left of her own accord. I think she's dead. So. Poor girl. I know. How terrible is that? You have, she left behind a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, and then, like, you're, like, this, like, this hottie patati like, fucking mistress comes in and wants to be your stepmom while your, yeah. your real mom's, like, been murdered. Yeah. Can and you that's, imagine growing up in that? That's a whole other thing, because they say that Joanne was super nice to them I've, until yeah. she had a baby. And then, and then she was super mean to them, and she told them she couldn't. They couldn't call her mom anymore. They used to call her mom, and they're not allowed to do that anymore. So, like I said, that podcast goes into hella hella detail that I didn't do. They talk about the whole. There's a whole team of former students getting together to um, put charges against a lot of the teachers um, to see if anything can come of that. I don't know. It's been so long. It's been so long. But that's, I mean, that's a whole part of the podcast that I didn't even talk about. Like, yeah. So I definitely crazy. recommend you guys listen to that one. This was, was a, really that good. Was a crazy story. Right? Thank you. Sure. Yeah. I think you're going to get me into true crime. Yay. Yay. I'm so happy. Super exciting. All right. That was okay. good. That was, that was good. good. I, I like learning shit like I that. I do too. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. But it definitely fit our story. Yeah. It almost kind of fits like Gone Girl a little bit. A little bit. Too. But I feel like we can totally go into depth with Gone Girl because that girl yeah. was crazy. Yes. I'm excited to she read crazy. Gone Girl. I'm excited too. But that's not our next book. Mm-mm. Our next book that we're going to be reviewing is – and I'm excited to read it because I haven't read it before. Yes. Like, we sometimes we bring up books that we previously have read because we want to go dive a little bit further into sure. them and then also discuss them. Yeah. Um. So we're reading The Talented Mr. Ripley by Patricia Highsmith. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a classic – it's also a movie as well with, like, Matt Damon, Jude Law, Gwen Paltrow. So it's yeah. a classic movie. And it's actually a novel series, too. I think yeah. that's not the first one. There's several uh, Ripley books, hmm. which reminds me, I started reading this. It reminds me, I probably shouldn't even get into this now. <laughs> but it reminds me so much of Joe Goldberg from the You series. Oh, which there's a new book in that series. Ah! And I don't know if I'm excited or dreading it. I mean, I don't know. It's been so long since I had, like, a cup of joe, so yeah. I might be okay with Maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah, know? you're right. So uh, join us again. Um, again, we're going to be reviewing the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, please follow us on Instagram uh, at Book Wasted Podcast. Same thing on Facebook at Book Wasted. Oh, wait. Not at Book Wasted. Book Just Wasted. Book Wasted Podcast. Book um, uh, we always like to hear from people, especially if you want to talk about books. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about books and wait, I have to finish my drink. Oh, go for it. She's Jessica's going to chug her little thing. Um, and as always, as always. <laughs> 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 that was not intentional. <laughs> okay. Stay, stay, stay wasted, wasted, my friends. friends.